With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Voices of Vic podcast and me, Ben Aston. Uh, tonight I'm joined by Cameron Smart and Joe Thomas to talk you through Watford's latest defeat at home this time. Um, a 3 2 defeat to Middlesbrough. Um, they picked up a win last weekend, which was their first win of the season um, at home to Southampton. Then they won midweek against Bradford City and then they came to Vicarage Road to pick up all three points as well. So I think it was the worst possible time for Watford to, to play Middlesbrough and that was actually their first victory at Vicarage Road since 2012. So Watford are the side of the gift that keeps on giving. Um, if, if, if you've got a record that you need to smash, Watford's just team that can help you. Um, also, for another interesting stat that me and Mike learned last week when we spoke to Dana from the uh, Borough Breakdown podcast was that Middlesbrough actually conceded first in all championship games this season. That wasn't the case yesterday, was it, Cam? But firstly, how are you, Cam? How are you doing? I was much better before you brought up those stats because I I <laughs> so but um no I'm I'm good. I think I'm unfazed by Watford losing now. So yeah, I've I've had a cracking weekend. How about you? Yeah, all good. Thank you. Um, just came back from a. Nice roast dinners at the in-laws. Um, so I've got a bit of food coma here, so you might need to um, give me a bit of a nudge later if you see me drifting off a little bit. Too many um, roast potatoes for me. But Joe, uh, how are you doing? You came down to Vicarage Road yesterday. Um, I bet you were looking forward to turning up. Maybe you weren't when you were leaving Vicarage Road. 
Um, yeah, do you know what? Um, it's been a good weekend. Shame about the result, but it was nice to be back. And uh, as I said before we came on, it, I still thought it was quite an entertaining game. So, yeah. Well, let's just jump straight into it. Um, we'll, we'll talk about like, the main talking points, go over the goals like we normally do as well. But I think, I think the main talking point for it, boys, is obviously the, the team selection. Um, Val made four changes for the team that um, lost 3 0 away to Leeds United last week. Um, and it, it was an interesting one. The four changes were that in Gaskia, Delhi, uh, Tom Delhi, Depressure, Spria, and Bio all came in for Andrew, Tone, Martins, and In. When you saw those changes, Cam, were you surprised by any of them? And also by seeing that Bio came in as well and Ryan Vitz was also in the site lineup, did you automatically see this as a change of formation? Yeah, look, he hinted at the change of shape uh, in, in his pre-match presses, but I was surprised by some of the changes. I um, First of all, I was glad to see uh, Reese Healy on the bench because, um, yeah. yeah, we... If we're playing tilt top, we need another body. That's fair enough. Uh, but it was Ishmael Kone that surprised me because I thought, you know, in in the lead up to to this game, other than the Leeds game, he was he's been fantastic. And even against Leeds, I thought he was trying to make stuff happen. So I was surprised to see him dropped. But um, I I don't hate seeing Delhi Bashiru. I think he has a lot to offer. So that's nice. But um, Andrews was another weird one for me because I think it's. It's a bit harsh to throw him in at the deep end at, at Ellen Road and then to drop him after after such a tough game. I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's going to do a lot for his confidence. Um, I I like Ngakia more than most, but I, I think Andrews does need a run out at some point. And with the change of formation that Val opted for at the weekend, um, Joe, wouldn't you, you would have thought that it might have suited Andrews more than Ingatia? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do think it would have suited um, Andrews a lot better. He's better, I think, for me going forward. Um, he looks to drive forward and he looks to get in those areas on the edge of the box and, and, and try and get the ball in quite a bit, doesn't he? Whereas Ingatia, I think, is more defensive-minded. He goes forward, he probably gets to a point halfway inside the opposition half and he kind of stops, doesn't he? And he kind of looks for a backward pass. Um, it was the case yesterday. He was picking up the ball. He was trying to go forward, but there wasn't really any options. That three-five-two formation doesn't suit Ngakia. Um, mm. So yeah, it was a bit of a strange one, to be honest. And like Cam said, it's a bit harsh on Andrews coming out, uh, getting giving him a run out against Leeds, um, and then obviously chucking him out straight the week after. It's just yeah, it's a bit poor for, for, for me. But yeah, we move on. I'm just looking at it as well, though, Cam. Like, I'm not too sure whether Val actually knows who his best right back is. Like, it, he, he, he's chopping and changing every week. There's no consistency with it. And Gaffey gets the game, and then he's out the following game. Andrews is in. Then after Andrews puts in a decent performance, and Gaffey's back in. It just seems to me, being a fan looking in, that he, he's not too sure who to play on that right hand side. Yeah, look, Andrews is a, a young kid playing his first season, really, in professional football. You've got to manage his minutes properly. And, yeah, I get why he's sort of in and out. But to throw him in at Leeds, like I said, it's that was just the wrong game for him. And I think at home to Middlesbrough, who I don't think they're a bad side, but they have struggled. 
and uh, especially in that 3-5-2, like Joe mentioned, he's more suited to it. I just think, you know, why why drop him for this? So, yeah, he um he has chopped and changed a lot. I do think Ngakia offers a bit more more than people will tell you, and he he wants that. I guess he wants that experience in there, doesn't he? It's it's an option to have, even though he's only twenty two. He's our most experienced option there. So, yeah, I get why he's chopping and changing, but. I don't know. I I still would have gone with Andrews, and I think it's time for him to get a run of games. Yeah, I just want to. Oh, sorry. I was just going to cut in, Ben. Sorry, and just say that I actually. I know we'll probably touch on the the up and coming games at the end, but I actually do think in the back of my mind that Ishmael will bring Andrews back in on Wednesday at Sunderland, and again, it's going to be the wrong game to kind of bring him in potentially with how well Sunderland are playing and it's going to make him look a little bit more exposed again and everyone's going to go, oh, Ryan Andrews comes in, doesn't really kind of do a decent job again and we're going to, we're kind of like Kansas in, in this cycle of, and like you've mentioned, he doesn't really know who his best right back is. So it's going to be a little bit unfair on Andrews for a little while, I think, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a good thing a few good um, teasing crosses into the box um, yesterday as well. And I've not really seen that in the game that he has played lately. So that was encouraging to see of him. I just want to see a little bit more from him, but it's just consistency, isn't it? But I, I see where you're coming from here, Joe. And I would not be surprised to see Andrews in that starting lineup again uh, bundling the way. But again, is it the right game to bring him in? And I'm, I'm not too sure it is. But Looking at that, the, the changes that he did, Cam, the biggest one for me was leaving out probably arguably our best player of the season so far, uh, Matthias Martin. Were you a bit surprised by that as well? Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Um, yeah, I was surprised. And I think, you know, we got what we deserve for leaving him out in a way. But when you look at that three-five-two, you wouldn't play him in a, as a wing-back. So maybe the only option for him is play him up front and um I he's not a number nine is he Mateus Martins he does do a lot of work in in central areas but I don't think he'd be um be suited to a num- uh, being a number nine that said I would like to see him um given a go there if we do persist with three five two because well mainly because the other options aren't so great but um yeah I, I just want to see what he can do linking up with Ryovic and maybe um Play him a bit closer to Ryovic, you know, give him, give him the help that he seems to need. Because I, I think that's a bit of a problem, um, separate to the Mateus Martins point. Regarding Ryovic, we uh, we don't get bodies close to him. And yeah, maybe we do need Martins running off him. Man, uh, thanks to everyone who's watching tonight. There's loads of comments already floating in as well. We do read all your comments as well. Um, Jeff has just said, bad move to leave out Martins in, in her opinion. Um, Peter saying, where's Demma? Demma's actually out injured at the moment. So I don't think he'll be back until after the international break from what I've heard um, in Andrew French's interview from the weekend. Um, and then also, obviously, Mike's watching. Mike's got nothing better to do tonight. So they're saying, where's that good-looking one tonight? Mike, I think his name is. Uh, so, yeah, good evening, Mike. I hope you're well, mate. Uh, but, yeah, we'll jump into the action now. Um, so we spoke about the team selection and that. And obviously, it was the change of formation as well. So, um, Bio with partners in Ryovic up top. And after I talked about earlier about how Middlesbrough conceded first in every championship game this season, I only took a few minutes to actually Middlesbrough break that um, for this season. And they took the lead in quick 
fashion. Um, Pam, talk to me about this um, the opening goal. It, it, it was just terrible, wasn't it? it the midfielder has the freedom of Vicarage Road, flipped the ball down the side of Porteous, who, in my opinion, looked a bit flat-footed. And then uh, it was um, Riley McGree just got it past Batman, and I thought Batman should have done better as well. It was just so many areas of point at first goal. Yeah, Delhi Bashir is spun way too easily, and that so that opens everything up because there's no no midfield at all supporting him. I I, just, I don't know where everyone went. Maybe um that might be a, a byproduct of leaving out Sierra Alta. Maybe you know someone who's going to sit in front of that defence. But yeah, yeah, we were scarily open, and Porteous just doesn't want to track Riley McGree. And yeah, Daniel Bankman, as you said, he um. I don't really know what he does, to be honest, back then. He, um, yeah, he just, he didn't seem to make himself big at all. He just let, let McGree roll it past him. And yeah, really, really easy goal for Middlesbrough to score, to be honest. Probably easiest goal they'll score, um, for at least the next five, 10 minutes. So yeah, not, not a good start at all. And, um, definite, definite problems with that midfield, I think. We'll just a quick look back on that first goal as well. As soon as uh, Riley McGree's got into that penalty box, it, it, I don't know whether, whether Batman feels like he's giving him the eyes, but Batman looks like he's, he's already started moving to the left-hand side. And then McGree's just obviously probably seen that quick movement and he's just spotted it to the right of him and it, it just looks terrible. But um, Joe, what were your thoughts on that first goal we conceded? Yeah, I agree with what you said about Porteous. Um, I thought he was at fault. Um, for 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 the goal, and then like you say, Backman is anticipating the ball going across him, isn't he, um, into the opposite corner? Because obviously, McGee, Riley McGee's left-footed, so for the ball to go kind of near post was a bit of a surprise to him, I think. But like you say, it was easy, um, and then it was just as easy, really, for the for the second, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, and it was only seven minutes later when Riley McGee got his second goal. But before we talk about that, I just felt like. We were just being bullied. The way Middlesbrough were moving the ball quickly, it was so fluent. We weren't tracking runners, but also we were playing the ball up long towards um, their youngster up top, um, Colburn. Uh, he, he just had the, the beating of Sirioto every time in that back three. Um, Sirioto just really struggled to get a handle of him. And then in the second half, Portius really struggled with him as well when we reverted to a, a back four. But it, it, Pam, it just looked like Middlesbrough was just beating us to everything. The second balls, the the, the balls in the air, they were being more physical, but they, they were just more up for it, wasn't they, than Watford? Yeah, I, I don't know about more up for it, to be honest, because I, I think this group of players are up for it and they are motivated. I think they're um, like pretty much every team in this league. They're a lot quicker than us. They're a lot more physical. And yeah, they're a lot more tenacious. Um, we, I, I mean, look at our midfield. We we don't have anyone really who who you'd say you know, specialises in breaking up play, uh, can you know eat up ground quickly uh, or, you know, wins their physical battles. I mean, Delhi Bashiru, loser, yeah, they've got quality, but they don't they don't have ball winning quality. And um, again, as I said earlier, maybe it maybe a benefit us to put Sierra Alta back in there. He does have his flaws, but he is a ball winner and he does have bite, if not pace. Um yeah, that's a problem we've we've had nearly every game this season. I think since QPR, we uh we just we're second to nearly everything in my opinion. 
haven't got any ball winners in that midfield. The area we've all cried out for towards the end of a transfer window going, we need someone else in that area. Um, and I'm surprised how Livermore is not getting as much as we're looking at the moment. It's like he's not, he's not even making the bench at the moment, Joe, as well. But looking at the second goal conceded yesterday, um, Joe, if you're a Middlesbrough fan, you'll be applauding this because it's an absolutely fantastic team goal. It starts off from the goalkeeper. He plays a long ball up to the halfway line. Riley McGree um, plays it out wide to Crook. Then he continues his run. Crook gets to the, the, the penalty box, lays it across to his left-hand side, who McGree carries his run, and he just slots it past Batman again. A fantastic goal for Middlesbrough. But again, so many question marks over where that midfield is for Watford. Yeah, um, I think it was very easy to see yesterday that based on the formation that was set up, that players were forgetting that we were playing a different formation. Because if you think that Serie Alta was obviously at centre-back, if if we're playing Dele Bashiru, Loser and Serie Alta in, in that midfield, Loser doesn't go... He was basically on the edge of their penalty box, wasn't he, when the, the goal kick was taken and Daddy Bashir was kind of like trying to keep track of two people that were there and couldn't. Obviously, he didn't pick the right one. The ball went to Riley McGee and it just it looked all too easy, didn't it? Um, obviously, then he was able to turn, like you say, yeah, the, the freedom of Vicarage Road, pass it to Crooks, Crooks went forward and then it, it just looked simple. Obviously, it didn't help the um, the ball went through, I can't remember whose legs it went through now. Was it Hoot's leg, was it? I can't even remember now. But obviously, Backman couldn't really judge. It kind of happened quite quickly. So, I don't really fully blame him for that. Um, but like you said, it was just all, it was far too open, wasn't it? It just, it just shouldn't have happened. We shouldn't have given them that much space. And yeah, I think it, it's evident that Watford need, I think if they're going to be playing for me, they need three people that are, or in that midfield, like get Serie Alta back there, and then it gives the loser the option to be that far forward for those situations. You just can't, that just can't happen again. Yeah, definitely. It, it was Serie Alta who was the closest to McGree from it as well, not Wesley Hoot. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he just, he, he just turned his back on it and went past him. Uh, so he's got to try and stay up and try and be a bit bigger for that. Um, but it, it took seven minutes um, um, for Watford to get a reply. It was a a, a diagonal ball from Ryan Porteous, and it was it, it just kind of bounced over middle players, uh, middle for a centre half head. Um, it kind of made a mistake there, which allowed Bayer to run onto it, and he finished nicely on a one-one. But that's the kind of reaction you want after going from two 0 down, wasn't it, Cam? Because the, the moment McGree got that second goal, there was booze from the Watford fans, and they they, know, they knew they needed to react, and they reacted pretty quickly. Yeah, I, that's that's how you get your momentum back. I mean, at 2-0 down, I thought, right, yeah, this is just going to be a very flat sort of 45 or even how much worse is it going to get? Um, and when you see Bio throw on goal like that, especially when he's delaying and delaying, I just think, yeah, this, this is going over, isn't it? Um, but no, fair play to him. He stuck it away, rolled it past the keeper's. Good finish, um, but yeah, we. Um, I I wouldn't say we we sort of capitalised on on that. I wouldn't say you know we looked like a team with momentum behind us after that. We just sort of we were just sort of there, weren't we? We we just did what we normally do, as if we're sort of you know at nil nil. We um yeah 
we didn't really put yeah, them it, it, it was very passive wasn't it it was like we were trying to yeah. control the, the, the possession it was a bit weird like we, we, we're 2-1 behind we're chasing the game we need to get back into the game yeah you, you're totally right there we were just knocking it around with no urgency yeah. i i didn't feel that we did enough to sort of put them any, under any more pressure after that um until until the second half so yeah nice for bio to get a goal and i mean he, he should have had a couple more but that's a separate point entirely uh but yeah no, nice to see that happen and you know make something of the game i guess yeah, that was his third goal of the season for Vacuum Bio. We're going to talk about it now because it's the only other thing that really happened in that first half. It was a fantastic ball from Yasser Esprio. And this is what Yasser Esprio brings to his team. He's got that vision and that um, Pete unlocked defences and he plays a fantastic ball to split the middle for a defence in half. Bio got on to the end of it and a confident striker might maybe take that first time. He, he took a touch, but the first touch was fine, Joe. But then it, it, it maybe took him, he ran it a little too wide. And then we all know what happened after that. I think he ended up hitting the disabled fans in the away end. Um, but it was just, you score that, 2-2 two, two half time. That's the momentum that Cameron's on about. And then, then you can come out second half and look, look for that third goal. But Bio's got to be hitting the target there. Yeah, I agree. I was quite surprised when he took it past the keeper. I thought, here we go, this is... This is brilliant, you know. We, you know, draw level here, and like you said, I wasn't expecting to spoon it over the bar. But he, um, it was a bit weird because if you do seeing it from where I was sat, it looked like he kind of kicked the floor first before he kicked the ball, so he kind of got right underneath it as opposed to like side being able to just side foot it into the net. So I, I don't think he did run it too wide, I just think he caught the ground first as opposed to like just being able to, like, say connecting nicely with him, slotting it in. But, um, but yeah, that was really frustrating. Like you say, you're talking about the possession. We weren't, there was no urgency there. Um, but then, obviously, like you say, we'll probably move on to it now, going into the second half, obviously bringing Martins on. The urgency was there and the game completely changed, didn't it? Yeah, I just wanted to say it was, um, we, we saw a, a lively vacuum bio uh, and maybe the liveliness that you would need to maybe lead a line up top. We'll talk about his strike partner now, Cam, because I know you're you, maybe not a fan as much with Ryovic. He, he didn't offer anything, did he, first half? And I know we don't maybe pay for his strength by putting balls into the box for him to get on to the end of, but he's got to show more for me. Yeah, I I mean, I said earlier it might be that we don't get players close enough to him. But for me, he just he I, and there could be any number of reasons for this. He's new here. I don't want to slag him off too much. Yeah. But he just he does look out of his depth, I think. He um his first touch is poor. His his second touch when he gets the first one right is even poorer. He he can't link play whatsoever. And if we're not going to play to his strengths by getting balls in the box for him to get his head on, then he might as well not be there. And yeah, you said, you know, Bio was lively and he was. It was like watching um, Deeney and Gray in the lockdown season, that kind of link up, because, you know, you had Troy who, bless him, he um he, he just couldn't, you know, he couldn't move. He, he couldn't link the play. He couldn't hold the ball up. You had Gray, who was running everywhere, getting on the end of chances, but skying all of them. And it, it was like watching that again. It, it was quite a painful link-up to watch. 
I said um, I said after Leeds last week that maybe there is something there for Bayo and Rajovic, but to be honest, if we're going to play like that, I, I don't think it works. I think it might be better suited to Healy or possibly Martins to come in. I'm no fan of Rajovic. He does nothing unless he's in the six-yard box. He can't hold the ball up and he's just bloody too slow. Um, so that's just his thoughts on Rajovic. Um, Joe, what we won't we won't talk about Rivets anymore because like well, I'm well, well, I just do just want to point something out about Rivets. Interestingly, is in in that first half yesterday, he was getting out wide quite a lot, and I didn't think that was suiting him at all. He wasn't getting in the areas that he should have been in the, in the box, and obviously the balls weren't coming in the box in the first place. However, as soon as the formation, obviously I know things changed to be reverted back in the second half, but as soon as the formation changed, balls were going in the box and we started playing Ryevich's game. And that's the frustrating thing is had Ryevich been on the pitch in the second half, we, we might, I mean, who knows? You don't know what would have happened. But we were playing to his strengths at that point. So it's really frustrating that in the first half, there was nothing for him. But in the second half, had he been in the box, obviously I know, Bio had that header, didn't he? That was brilliantly saved by uh, Dieng. But, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I do feel for him a little bit. I do agree with everything that's been said, but at the same time, I do feel very sorry for him at the moment. Yeah, like you say, lots of balls going into the box. We came onto the pitch as well. He's whipping a few balls into the box. Martins is putting got, uh, crosses in as well. Um, but what for this get back onto level terms um, early in the second half, and it was from a fantastic um, half volley from Wesley Hoot. It was a, it was another short corner, and you know what Watford fans are like. Whenever we see a team take a short corner, it was a um, loser and Martins over on the right hand side took the short corner, ball into a box. Middlesbrough a player got ahead to it, but it fell kindly to Wesley Hoot. And I don't know about you, Cam, but it it seems like it took an absolute age to find the back of in there. The way you hit it, you didn't get much power on it, but it looked like it was spinning away. And for a moment, it. Um, hit the back of the net, the rookery erupted and it was like game on then. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say about it. It seemed to go in in slow motion. I was uh, behind it in the rookery and yeah, he, he didn't he didn't leather it. He, he, just, he just sort of guided it in and yeah, it's really good finish, I think. Probably our best goal of the season so far and yeah. a, a goal that I'd say deserved more, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's... Um, it's that second ball from from the corner that you know we were actually a little bit combative. We were in sort of a spell of the game where we'd built some momentum. We were um, we were retaining pressure, and yeah, we really put Middlesbrough under. And yeah, it, I don't know why, but after this goal, we sort of just stopped all of that. It's like, yeah, we're we're happy with a point, or we're just we're just going to stop playing now. I, I don't really know why we didn't build on it, to be honest. Yeah, it was like, okay, we've got what we wanted out of this. Let's take our foot off the gas. Let's yeah. just slow it down. But if anything, that just helped uh, Middlesbrough play their game because they felt, right, okay, we're comfortable with you backing off, giving us um, um, the ball. Um, and, and, you know, Middlesbrough have got quality when we're on the ball. And then it didn't take them along again. It seems like yesterday, when there was goals, there was the goal quickly to follow. Um, and Middlesbrough, they got, they got their goal as well. And it was Colburn and... I honestly, I was really impressed with him yesterday. He's a young lad. He came through their academy. Big old lad as well. Um, and he gave our centre-half a horrible time all day. And he, he got his re- rewards and put him 3-2 to 
too up. But um, Joe, what's your thoughts on uh, Middlesbrough's third goal? Just split the defence, didn't it? Like everyone was just like no one was paying attention. It was again quick play. We were slow. Ball went through. Kind of, I'll be honest with you. As soon as he picked up the ball, I, I, I kind of knew what was going to happen. It was obvious for me based on how the day, the rest of the game had gone. When it, I was no surprise when it hit the back of the net. But it was just kind of like, okay, so what are we going to do now to show as as a reaction? And yeah, just wasn't. It was again a bit flat, like you said. There was just nothing really. When we were in positions where we needed to get back into the game, there was no urgency. We weren't passing the ball quick enough. It was a lot of stray passing. Um, again, obviously, no pace. It just, yeah, it was just all in all a bit of a shocking afternoon, really, wasn't it? It was. Um, and then we, the only real chance for us to get back into the game was from that um, Matthias Martin um, cut in. What it trademarks? I don't. I don't know how defenders give him that much room and, and allow him to cut in on his on his right foot. He, he curled it, Cam, and it just came off the bar. And you just knew after that it just weren't going to be what to stay. Um, and then um, what I wanted to get your thoughts on as well, though, Cam, is we actually saw um, Reece Healy get his league debut for Watford as well. He came on with ten minutes to go, fifteen minutes of the um, add um includes the added on time, but. What did you think of him? I, I thought he he looked a little bit lively. He, he, he won the ball off the defender as well. He, he showed a bit more promise for me than what I saw about Rybic in that game. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think he needs to get a bit more game time because, what was it, 80, 83rd minute he came on or something around that? Yeah. It just... it. I don't think he can impact the game in that time. Um, we struggled to give him any kind of service. But... You're right, he did look quite lively and I think he should be in by default on Wednesday because the the two up front I'd bio scored, but other than that, they between them they offered absolutely nothing. So yeah, I, I wanna see more of Reese Healy. I, I'm hoping he's sort of over whatever fitness issue he had. It, that was sort of quite um what's the word? Um Quite sort of, they kept that quite quiet. What whatever was wrong with him because he was over his ACL injury, and um, yeah, we just we haven't seen anywhere near as much of him as I'd, I'd like to see. Uh, he's you know prolific, we know that, and I, I think he will do well for us if we give him a run of games. And Joe, it finished three two to Middlesbrough yesterday. What for picking up another? and it, it drops us down to 20th in the table. What was the thoughts on the overall performance yesterday for Watford? I know uh, Valerie Ishmael he came out and owned up saying it was his mistake that cost us the result yesterday, how he um, changed the formation and make, maybe made us four um, changes. But what was your thoughts on this, the whole overall performance and result? Um, I, th- uh, I think... Um, I don't think the players really fully understood the brief yesterday. I think because he's been playing with a formation and he's stuck to it for the previous eight games, he hasn't changed the formation in those eight games pretty much apart from the fullbacks and a couple of odd changes here and there. It's been pretty much the same sort of team um, and shape. So, yeah, I think the players just need to be, if he's going to be doing that um, going forward and playing with a 3-5-2, they just need to understand where they've got to be on the pitch because like I say, there were too many people out of position. Porteous, 
um, Serialta, um, loser and Debussier in the midfield. Uh, Lewis at left back. I thought Lewis was wasn't very good at all yesterday. I thought Isaiah Jones gave him a pretty torrid afternoon. Um, his pace was just tormenting him all all uh, all afternoon, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, listen, it's, I'm just putting it down to a one-off. I think um, I know where, where we are in the table. However, Ishmael is building on something um, still. And I do believe that if he persists with that style of play that he was playing with prior to yesterday's game, I do think that we'll, um, I do think we'll, we'll be moving in the right direction. I agree with you, mate. Um, Pam, what were your thoughts on the overall performance and, and the result yesterday? I think that's as bad as it's been at home for us this season. We um, we looked a bit like the Watford of last season. Not a lot of urgency, not a lot of creativity, uh, just just not a lot going on for us. And yeah, just such a calamity at the back. But um, Ishmael, he he tried something new. He took a he took accountability for it, and I think it, it's the right call to try something new. I'd, yeah. It, it's the right time of the season as well. You know, we got a lot of time to turn things around. But yeah, there's there's a lot of deficiencies in this team that need to be addressed. And we don't, I wouldn't say we have the personnel to really, really sort of turn that around. So, um, yeah, a change in system might be needed. He, uh, Ishmael needs to sort of work something out uh, or it, it could be him, you know, ne- next out the door and... Who knows? Warnock, Dean Smith, whoever, whoever's a free agent, could be them after the next international break. Yeah, you know what? I respect him for make, like trying to give it a go to try and shake things up yesterday. But what I also respect him on is him coming out and fronting it and admitting that he got it wrong. Um, because he's, he's obviously going to learn from this. Like managers try things now and again, but for him to come out and be like, you know what, I've got it totally wrong. And he, he knew he did. He was deep, deep in discussions with Dean Whitehead after we were 2-0 down. It, normally, Val was quite prominent on that touchline. You see him standing up for the, the whole game. The moment it was 2-0, he, he sat down in, the, in his box next to Dean Whitehead and, and he didn't move. He was deep in conversation. So he knew he, he, he messed up and knew it wasn't working for the team. But I think, I think the players need to take a little bit of responsibility. Like um, Joe said earlier that, I don't think the players really maybe understood the brief. Um, if you don't really understand what's expected of you, you, you should be trying to find out what is expected um, because the midfield was non-existent yesterday. Uh, but looking looking at Watford at the moment, Joe, what do you think Watford's biggest issue is in this team? Um, oh, that's a tough question. Um, I think... Um... Well, I think obviously conceding goals is is the the worst thing. I think that's what eleven eleven goals in is it five games or oh, four games? Sorry, five, five um, games. So I missed my thumb. <laughs> five. Um, so yeah, so it, we conceded eleven goals in five games, um, which you know it's, it's not good enough, is it? Um, and it, it, you know, based on how we started the season, with defensively we looked quite solid, and it didn't look like things were going to go that way. Um, so that needs to be addressed um, first and foremost. And I think once once that defence has been shored up, and whether that's um, I, don't, I don't know, I wouldn't change it. I think Hoot and Porteous at, at centre back is, is is brilliant. 
I think they've been been decent for us. But I think, um, yeah, I think once we stop conceding goals, I think we'll be all right. But yeah, we just need the, the midfield need to help them as well. I mean, obviously they they weren't really that great against Leeds, and they were even worse yesterday. Obviously, I know Cam, you said Kone was good against Leeds, and I, I do agree with that. He was good, but like I say, that's two games really where they've not really helped out the people behind them. So, yeah, there's, there, people just need to kind of remember what their, their their position, remember what their job is, and and hopefully moving forward, we'll starting with Sunderland, we'll start seeing some some positive things on the pitch. But who knows? It's going to be a tough tough week for us now. Mm. And what about you, Cam? What do you think the biggest issues are with this Watford team at the moment? It's that midfield for me. I touched on it earlier. There's no no physical presence in there, no ball winner, and they're all very, very slow. I don't think it's foundation for us to get the best out of Imran Loser. Um, I know everyone's frustrated at him, and it's easy to you know point the blame at him because he's meant to be our best player. But I just don't think there's any way he can, he can sort of... Um, impact games when you know he's in such a lightweight midfield so yeah a, a lot of the goals this season that we conceded you can you can point directly at our midfield and it if we just if we could bring in sort of maybe a josh laurent type who we were linked with in the summer briefly if we could bring in that type of player i think this team would go up a, another level and you know we could we could start winning some games yeah, um, a couple of bits that I'll throw into the mix as well. I'm not liking Daniel Batman being captain. Um, I don't think it's suiting us. We need an outfield captain. I have nothing against Daniel Batman as a person or a footballer. I just don't think a captain should be the goalkeeper because there was examples yesterday, 2 0 down. He's trying to shout from the, the penalty box at all his players. If he was the centre midfielder or a defender, you can go up to people and do that. It, it just, it just doesn't work for me. And, and like Cam said, the midfield, and I, I would even be inclined to try and change something this um, this Wednesday at um, Sunderland or, or Cardiff. Like, it's just players being out of form as well. So, in my eyes, I know he hasn't featured, and I think his last appearance was, was it maybe Stoke? I'd maybe bring in Jake Livermore and take out Ryan Porteous. So, I'd put Sirielta at the back with Wesley Hoot because I... I'm not being impressed with Ryan Porteous the last few games. Since Coventry, I think he's lost his head a little bit and he just seems so out of form. So I'll take him out the firing line, drop Sirielta with who at the bat and then put in Jake Livermore in the middle. I know that Jake Livermore is probably, well, I'd say not as good as maybe Sirielta, but he should be. He's a defensive midfielder. Sirielta isn't. He's been filling in this gap. So I'd maybe like to see him go in there a bit more of like a, a ball-winning defend uh, midfielder. I know he's, he's lost his legs a little bit, but he, he's going to stick something on you at early doors to let you know he's there. Siri Elsa, I don't really get that vibe from him. and He, he moves the ball too slowly from me as well sometimes. But I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Would, would you maybe look to freshen it up a little bit, Cam, as well? And maybe, would you take Ryan Porteous out of the team and maybe drop Serial to the back to try and take him out of the firing line a little bit? Look, I get why people are on Ryan Porteous's back, but I, I think as a ball player, him him and who, they're, they're great with the ball. They're exactly what we need to sort of progress. And yeah, it, it's, it's easy to overlook that when he's making so many errors, but 
I do think he's a better player than what we're seeing. I also don't think we have adequate backup to um, to justify dropping him, which, you know, say what you want. That that could be Gino's fault. That could be Valerian Ishmael's fault. Or it could be a good call. What, whatever you think, either way, we don't have adequate options to, to drop Ryan Porteous, in my opinion. On Jake Livermore, I um, I see what you're saying. He, he does add a bit of bite, but I just think his legs are, are gone and he's just not good enough with the ball at all. And yeah, I, I to be honest, that signing is pretty, pretty baffling to me. And it, it's looking like a bad one already because he's not even making match day squads anymore. So yeah, I I get why people are on Portress's back, but I just don't see another solution, especially when he's when he's so good with the ball, in my opinion. It's the same like, with, with again. We bring it back to recruitment, and at the end of the transfer window, we've all been like, we need another centre back, we need a defensive midfielder. We could all see it, Joe, but the people that needed to see it haven't seen it, and that's Ben Manga and Gino Pozzo. It's like all, all fans knew it. We, we, we knew it was going to be likely in that department. Obviously, they've maybe told Pollock he can't go online because he's going to be like the backup centre half. But we all know as much as Pollock's a decent guy in that. He's not ready for championship football or to be a, a proper backup in this division. No, he's not. He's not. And I, yeah, I, I don't know why it wasn't addressed in the summer. I think um, it, is, it is baffling. And hopefully in January from, obviously, I don't want to kind of give it the curse and say it's going to be too late by then. Um, but hopefully we can kind of muddle through until the January transfer window and as soon as it opens hopefully they've got someone in mind and we can get a deal done and get someone who who is like Cam says physical good on the ball moves the ball quickly and we we can we can start playing better from the midfield but like I say like you said Pollock isn't ready to just come straight in in in, in championship and he's he's not adequate enough cover um for for me we need again it's another position isn't it they were probably the two positions we talked about all over summer didn't we we need another center back um we was kind of a little bit baffled the the amount of center backs were kind of let go and there wasn't another one brought in was there so yeah hopefully those two positions are, are sorted as as soon as the january window opens mm-hmm. and um just wanted to point your thoughts on the next one as well how do you both feel about Valerie Ishmael at the moment? Are, are you feeling more patient than what maybe the people above Valerie Ishmael are, are feeling at the moment? Yeah, 100% for me. I, 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 you know, I've been guilty in the past of saying that people need to go. I hold my hands up and say there have been times where I've been frustrated and said this manager needs to go because... To be quite honest with you, Watford fans are like that now. As soon as a couple of bad results come in, fans are like, get them gone. You know, either Gino out or get the manager out. It's kind of a merry-go-round, isn't it, with our fans and and the the club as a whole. Um, But at this present time, I would 100% stick by Ishmael. I think he's a marvellous man. He's got a great discipline about him. The team, is there's a lot more structure within, um, within the club now. Um, and we're moving in the right direction. We've just got to be patient. We've just got to be patient. And I, I stand by that and I'll stick by him and hope that he does last this transfer window. 
If he does, oh. it'll be here till the end of the season. <laughs> I, uh, I echo everything you said there, mate. Um, Cam, what about you? No, yeah, that's spot on. I, I don't see why people are calling for his head. I mean, if they've seen what's happened the last time we've sacked managers. It it doesn't tend to improve things. And I I just think if we if we sack Valerian Ishmael, we're right back to square one. It's a complete waste of a season. We let's face it, we aren't gonna, you know, challenge for promotion this season. We'll be a mid table side and I I hope Gino realizes that. I think Watford fans need to realise that. We um if we just sack the manager, we're still gonna have a pretty unremarkable season unless we get Pep Guardiola through the door. I just don't see any way this squad can finish above mid table. So yeah, it's nice to see um Valerian Ishmael you know, stamping down his style. Uh, and he seems, you know, more dedicated, more focused than than any manager we've seen. I mean, remember some of the clips from, like, Roy Hodgson's days, you know, the the training sessions, they just look so simple. And, you know, st- stuff I do for, uh, for under eights when I was coaching. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to see a, a degree of dedication from a manager. And I, I hope we repay him. I hope we stick with him. But you can't rule anything out with, with Gino Pozzo, especially around an international break and especially on a bad run of form. That's it. That's going to be my next point as well. With two difficult away games this week, followed by an international break, do you see that Gino might pull the trigger, Joe? Uh, yeah, 100%. I think if... if, if um... I think if we get two uh, two draws, I know Campbell, we saw each other yesterday and you said you'd probably take two draws this week if it was offered. Um, I think if if we do end up with two draws or a draw and a defeat um, or even a win and a defeat, um, it depends on the performances though. If the performances are good and we're just unlucky, it, it, it might be different. But if they're bad performances and anything like leads away, last week which was really poor if they're like that then yeah i mean for me it's not the right call and i've just said that but i do believe that it could happen i do believe that on saturday evening or even sunday at some point we'll be seeing that famous corner flag come up on the uh on the club website with an official club statement unfortunately all right all right we don't it's just it's just it's just stupid isn't it it's so early into the season still I'd be more concerned if we're not seeing the performances, if we weren't creating chances. We're seeing both. We just spoke before we came on air as well, saying, I know it's frustrating yesterday, but I was still entertained. I still walked away enjoying watching that Watford offensive performance. It's just that, you you've got to cut out the mistakes at the back, basically. You cut out all those mistakes we're having at the back. We're picking up many more points than what we've got on the board at the moment. We'll be probably closer to the playoff position than what we are relegation um, position. Gino's has got to hold his nerve here, doesn't he? If we if we don't get many points out the next two games, we've surely got to look deeper and be like, okay, but the cult, the, uh, the culture's changed. The players seem more disciplined. There's there's a style of play. There's more structure. Okay, we've we've been a bit unlucky in games recently, but there's enough there to show me that it, it will be all right. And if I give this manager time, I might see the rewards for it. Yeah, I'm gonna stick my neck out here, and I'm gonna say that Gino 
might have changed his ways a bit. I, I think he'll give Ishmael time. I know, I know, it's it's controversial. It's asking for a lot, but look, everything we saw in the summer it points to a change in approach, and everything sort of Udinese did a few years ago when they got a technical director in, they changed their approach. And look, Ben Manga said that he's going to have a bit of a say, well, a lot of a say on uh, on managers, and. I, I he's he's a football person. He knows football. What he did at Frankfurt was was fantastic. So yeah, I I trust Ben Manga more than I trust Gino Pozzo. But if Manga has that control, like he says he does, then I think we'll see Valerian Ishmael still in the dugout come May, unless we um unless things get really sour and we we end up relegated. But I just don't see that happening. Talking about managerial changes as well, one just left up on my Sky Sports News uh, notification and Mick Bill's been sacked at Rangers after 10 months in charge. Remember when he was top of the table in the championship leading QPR to promotion? It was early days, but they were looking good under him and he was like, no, I'm, I'm dropping everything I've got here. I'm going to go um, go up north to north of the border to Rangers as well. It didn't work out too well for him and he's been sacked after 10 months. Um, so yeah, that's, I thought I'd bring that in. We're talking about managerial changes, but um, Joe, let's talk about very quickly about the upcoming game against Sunderland on Wednesday. They looked very good against uh, Sheffield Wednesday Friday night. I, I know it was against the Sheffield Wednesday side, but it's a good start to the season for Sunderland. Uh, you, you're expecting a difficult um, game, I imagine. Yeah, I think it's going to be very tough for us. They're in a good run of form. They're fourth in the league now, aren't they? Good away win on Friday. They started strong. They were two up after eight minutes. Got the um, got the third on the half-hour mark. I thought, to be honest with you, it was going to be a lot worse than what it ended up um, for Sheffield Wednesday. But they did well, considering all the fans were streaming out. They kind of did well for what was remaining um, there. Um, but yeah, Sunderland looked very good. Um, obviously, they demolished... Southampton didn't they recently five nil so you know they're no they're, they're no mugs they're going to be up there I, I think I I put them in the playoffs um, for for my predictions if I remember rightly so yeah I think they're going to be up there it's going to be a tough after, uh, tough evening sorry um, for us um, but hopefully we can start better and hopefully we'll we'll get a better result than what we've seen in the last couple of weeks yeah Pam. Um... Sunderland are fourth in the league. They've won four out of their last five games. Just a team what we want to be coming up against, isn't it? Yeah, it's not ideal at all, especially when you haven't won away since uh, since New Year's Day. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting that to change in in the coming week. Um, with the form Cardiff are on as well, they're, they're also on fire. So, yeah, it doesn't get any easier. Um, I, I think if we want to go to Sunderland and get anything... We can't do what we did at Leeds. We can't, we can't play the way we're playing. The the sort of gung ho attacking football, elite, leaving the defenders hung out to dry. I I just think that that would be suicide. We need to um, we need to go there a little bit more organised. Not not park the bus, but you know see see a little bit more sort of um, yeah a little bit more organisation. We are, we aren't going to get a result by outscoring them. Especially with uh, with what we've got up front. Definitely, and if I take any hope out of this game as well, it's the last season's game. Actually, Sunderland was right in the mix with the playoffs uh, place. It was um, the end of August, 
and they, I think they were sixth or seventh. And we actually went up there and got a two-two draw. Um, and it was an encouraging performance as well. And I, I don't think many Watford fans were expecting us to to turn up as well. And we took an early lead through um, was it Christian Cabaselli? And then Ryan Porter's got a goal as well, and it, it ended 2-2. I think Luke O'Neill got a goal as well. Um, but that gives me a little bit of encouragement going, you know what, I didn't think we would get anything out of the game last season when um, Sunderland was bang on form in the playoff position. We go in there again this season, we're out of form, Sunderland are in form, they're in a good spot. We could go up there and get something, and it would just be Watford, wouldn't it, Joe, if we managed to go up there and sneak something. Yeah, it would. Um, I said I, I did say that actually before the Leeds game. It would be a typical Watford thing if we went to Leeds, got a win, and then Borough who at that time were out of form. We'd play them the week after and would end up losing at, at home. In in actual fact, we've lost both of them. So, um, but yeah, it would be a typical Watford thing to lose on Saturday against the team that were below us, and you'd expect us to win, and then for us to go to Sunderland and maybe nick a. I don't know, a one nil win or a good, like I say, again, get a good 2 2 draw, which I'd be quite happy with, to be honest, if someone offered it to me now. Yeah, definitely. Let's do the score prediction first then. So, what would your score prediction be? Um, I'd, I'll be honest, as much as I'd love to see a win, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I'm going to probably say I'll, I'll probably go 1 1 on this one. Yeah. And, Pam, what about you? Oh, I'm I'm gonna have to say three nil to Sunderland. I I think this one could get quite bad. Not worry about doing a negative prediction. I did it. I did three nil for Leeds to win the other week, and I spot on. I should have just put twenty quid on it, and I would have been much healthier in the position financially than I actually am at the moment. So yeah, maybe I could do that as well. Um, I'm gonna go for a. I can't say anything other than a Sunderland win, unfortunately. I, I don't see us getting anything. I'll be pleased if we get a goal. It's the main game on Sky Sports as well, so we all have the pleasure of watching as well. So I'm going to go for a... Uh, with our defence, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a 3-1 defeat. Um, so, yeah, lots of goals in that. But, yeah. Right, we'll wrap it up there. But yeah, thank you everyone for watching tonight um, and for getting involved in the comments as well. Make sure you like this video, hit that subscribe button as well and let us know your thoughts on what the season so far on whether you think um, Valerie Ishmael's going to get the sack if you want him to stay. Um, let us know your score predictions as well in the comments below. We read everything, so it'd be really good to interact with you guys as well. Um, and then we'll actually be back for a live um, review of the Sunderland um, game Wednesday evening. A few of us will get together and do a quick like 20 minute episode just to do our uh, quick reactions to the game. Um, unfortunately, we won't be able to do a preview because of how quick the turnaround is this week. Um, and then we're at, um, away to Cardiff City on Saturday as well. So it'll be a review show for that as well. Uh, but yeah, thank you for watching everyone. Uh, stay safe and come on you ones. Sports Social Podcast Network.